Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. We want you to know that God has a vision for us. It's not just us as leaders saying, hey, we have a vision for you. I want you to know God has a vision for this year. God has got a roadmap for you this year. This year is not going to look like last year. I think there's a hallelujah in the place. This year is not going to sound like last year, feel like last year. It's not going to have the trappings and the cycles of last year because God is doing a new thing. Every morning, what does it say? Your mercies are new to me. Every morning, God is doing a new thing. And we want to be able to to hear what he's saying. And in our teaching, in our preaching, in our leading, so we can track together. And God can take us into new places, which is exciting. So... We had an amazing time away in Zimbabwe a couple weeks ago, as you know about it. And we came back, and I found myself asking, and I'm going to be, I'm going to just be talking like, you know, like friends here today, okay? Because this is what we are, we're friends, and this is the kind of thing that happens. Trevor will call me, hey, how was Zimbabwe? Oh, it was so, so good, the best time ever. So Ryan, what's, what's the word that God's saying for 2023? I'm like, whoa, I love apostolic leaders who push you into new places. I'm so, I'm every day, I'm like, Jesus, speak to me. (laughs) Jesus, speak to me. I'm listening for your voice. I need to know what what he says. And he woke me up and we have a joke. I, um, I'm a night person. I find that once everyone goes to bed, kind of like nine o'clock, my, uh, sorry, the, the, um, heckling I'm getting from the front row from my wife this morning is that, who am I kidding? The children go to bed later than all of us at the moment. Um, but when, when it gets quiet in the house, I, 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 I can often hear what God's saying in those still moments. You know, we talked about our dear friend Jackie, those liminal moments. And Trevor is a morning person. So if he says to you, what time do you start seeking the Lord? I'm like, I seek, seek the Lord all day, you know. <laughs> anyway, one morning, praise the Lord, one morning I had a dream, okay, and God gave me a picture, but we, and I heard his voice so clearly, and he said this to Ryan, I am impregnating you with seed. And you know when you know that God's speaking. You know when there's a voice that you hear that has a gravitas in your heart, it has a weightiness, it has a significance in your heart that's different to just some of the, your own thoughts, that's different to when you try and sift through, is this you know, just a good idea that Ryan has? Sometimes Ryan has a few good ideas. Is this Anna speaking to me ever quietly in the bed, or is this something that God is speaking? And he's not shouting, he speaks, and we can hear him. Praise God that his sheep hear his voice. Come on, praise the Lord that he has got a voice that he speaks over us and that we can hear his voice. And he just said these words, I am impregnating you with seed. And immediately I, I saw a picture. And this picture, this, this vision was of a beautiful field. You can imagine in the summer you have fields of poppies or fields of daisies, fields of grass, and it looks really, really beautiful after the rain has come and the heat has come and that they start to flower. 
but they have a very short lifespan and they're caught in a perennial cycle. And this, I watched this vision as a cycle happened many, many times over and over again. Flowers springing up, but then they would die and it would leave the landscape barren again. It would leave the landscape bleak again. Then I saw a hand from heaven. I believe it was God's hand. And in it was seeds. And he planted seeds in the soil. And what began to spring up now was a new cycle. It wasn't perennials. What began to spring up was trees. Mighty trees. And I saw Revelation chapter 22. I know that was yesterday. Yesterday's Bible reading was the last book of the Bible, the last chapter of the Bible. That was yesterday, Ryan. I know, but that's what God said. Today, it's the first of the first 23. Wasn't it nice to write an offering envelope, the first of the first? I was like, get in there. Jesus bless me this year, right? As I saw this hand planting the trees, I, 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 I saw Revelation 22, the leaf of the trees planted both sides of the river were for the healing of the nations. And they bear fruit. Say fruit. fruit. They bear fruit every month of the year. There's a new supernatural cycle that's not this perennial cycle that lasts every year that maybe looks beautiful for a few weeks and then it's gone it has nothing left on the horizon for as markers and as inheritance and as destiny even for years to come but he's planting trees and as I began to wake up I also heard Ezekiel 36 and we're going to read that one in a bit together okay but God was saying that he wants to break old cycles and here's the thing he said there's no shame on some of the smaller cycles that you've been in isn't that good that God set us free from shame? I said dovetail. This is what the Holy Spirit does. It's not that we're any special. It's that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. And why am I saying this? Because He is speaking to you. You can be confident that you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. Even as we share this morning, as we minister, open your heart to the Holy Spirit because He is speaking to you. And the things that you're going to hear this morning are going to start to confirm. They're going to start to align. They're going to start to show what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. But what God said is there's no shame about the smaller cycles. They were there because they were developing the soil. They were developing the topsoil. But now this is a season and a time where I want to give you the seeds for the great trees. They're going to last for centuries and that are going to bless other people and other nations I woke up and I I praised the Lord and then he said again ask me for the soil ask me for the seed I want you to know church that you can ask God for the soil that you can ask God for the seed for this year 2023 is a year to break free it's a year where old cycles are going to start to change and so we say Lord would you give us the soil in our lives Lord would you give us the seed in our lives and I believe there's a couple of points that we're going to spend the year tracking good news I'm not going to share all of this just today I've got so much to share with you guys but I've got all here so it's okay. But there's a couple of things that we're going to be really focusing and developing this year. And one is to develop the soil, to train, teach, and equip how we care for our hearts. God is giving us new hearts, preparing ground with removing weeds, digging the soil, adding fertilizer, waiting for the cycle of growth. 
We're going to be in a season where seeds are released. We're going to be sowing God's word. God's also going to be sowing us. And when we say this, but I just want to put this out there. Get your passports ready. Good. DJ Dave is ready. (laughs) Get your passports ready. But not just your international ones. Get your shoes of the gospel of peace ready. Because when you walk out your front door, God is sending you as a seed into your neighborhood. When you walk out your front door, God is sending you as a seed into your workplace. When you get into your car and walk out your car door, God is sending you as a seed into your school, into your families, into your homes. Get ready to be sown as seed. It's a year we're going to be releasing the seed. It's a year when we're going to dig the wells, removing blockages to the flow of water to keep us growing. It's a year when we're going to stand by the river. This is the place where the tree of life grows, which bear fruit. This is the place where our roots can go really, really deep. And I just want to say it again. January the 19th, it's going to be wild. It's a wild rushing river of freedom. And if you come here, you'll get in it. So come here and get in it. We're going to be in a year when we stand by the river. So some of the things that God wants us to do this year is to sow and grow kingdom greatness. And we're going to prepare this. There's, it's not that we're going to be doing anything different, but it's good to have a focus. And next week as well on the 8th, we're going to be starting our life groups. Come on, I want to hear a hollow for life groups. Why? We've got how many new life group leaders, Anna? We have 13 life groups, but how many? 13 new life group leaders. Wow, okay. See, did you see, Lord, forgive me for my unbelief? <laughs> Okay, come on. We just want to say thank you. Give, join me in praising the Lord for new life, for new growth, for life groups. Life groups are the place where you get to meet with this incredible congregation, this family, your family, midweek in homes. And we get to grow together. We get to have the soil of our hearts tilled and turned over. So life groups are starting uh, next. from next Sunday. We'll do the sign-up. And there's going to be some really key training and equipping. The Lord's speaking to us, and, and particularly, I'm sure Trevor will share a bit about this, but about how can we continue the journey he's got us on by training and equipping, Keep creating more spaces for that. So we're going to have training and equipping where we look at healing, where we look at deliverance, where we look at families, How good was that word, those three things? God is going to set families free. Ah, Lord Jesus, we need it. We need it. We we personally need it. We need it in the church. This world needs it where families see that turnaround. And this is, I wrote these notes because of last night. Party, it was fun, but I had to prepare this a couple days ago. So this is, this is just confirmation for me. Thank you, Lord. Families, relationships, inner healing. Conferences, and of course, there's our schools with worship, the worship school starting in February, global prophetic schools, and then when we continue as a church the, um, with the journey of discovery, discipleship, and destiny. So come along to Heart to Heart. But all of that to share with you a little bit of an idea of where we're going. But we're going to start right here on the first of the first, and here's the message I want to bring to you God wants to prepare the soil of our hearts. Turn with me to Matthew, please, Matthew chapter 13. Let's read. God asked me to, to tell you to ask him for the soil. What is the soil? It's not that we go around with our handbags and our, our satchels with literal soil in it. But what is the, what does the soil represent? What is the spiritual significance? What is the soil? Let's read this. It's in Matthew 13 from verse 2. 
from verse 3. And he spoke, Jesus spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because they, but because they had no depth of soil. And when the sun had risen, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them. And others found, fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has, has ears, let him hear. And let's jump across to verse 18 of the same chapter. Because Jesus is one of the few parables that he actually goes on to explain, to give us a key. You see, a parable is like, is talking in, it's not just an analogy, but it's a truth in a way that's reserved for those who seek him to go deeper. And on this one, he gives us a key when he interprets it. And here in verse 18, let's continue. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. I want you to see the link, the link there. Where was it sown? In his heart. What was the initial parable talking about? Soil. Jesus wants us to know there is a direct correlation between the place where he wants to plant seeds, which is soil, and our hearts. Our hearts are the very soil, the very life bed, as it were, of where this God wants to plant the seeds for what 2023 is going to look like. Our heart is the most important thing. Verse 20, the one on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but it is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. And everyone said, a hundredfold over me, Jesus. Yeah? The see, we can expect a hundredfold if the soil is good. Isn't that interesting? We can ex I'm going to say that again. Because faith is rising in me right now. I didn't, this isn't even my notes, but I'm saying, Jesus, I know what we're getting to at the end of this morning. I want to tell you it's good. God is going to give you a new heart. He's going to put a new spirit within you. And if he has given you good soil, we can expect hundredfold. Lord, make us a people of hundredfold. Make your church, the kingdom of God, a people of a hundredfold. Because you've got good seeds to sow in us. Um, a couple weeks ago, I have on my windowsill in the kitchen a lovely succulent plant. It's one of those ones that doesn't really need much water and it somehow just keeps, keeps growing and multiplying itself, duplicating itself. And I noticed that there was a couple of um, shoots on the side of this plant that were just dying to be planted themselves and to become a whole new tree. I also noticed there was a couple of the leaves that had fallen off 
Maybe I'd opened the blinds and knocked the plant and broken a leaf off by accident. And they had fallen on the soil below the succulent. And they had started to develop their own roots. And I saw that it was getting quite crowded in the base of this plant. And I thought, I'm going to duplicate this. I'm going to multiply this. I'm going to have succulent plant on every windowsill in the house. I won't, Anna, I promise. But I like to grow things. The growing things is fun. My granddad was here. We called him a green-fingered person. I never knew what that meant as a kid. I'd always go look at his fingers like, Mom, they're not green. They're the same color as mine. No, what it means is he likes to garden. He was really, really good at gardening. So what I did is I didn't have any soil to plant these little succulent leaves. I went outside. It's cold. It's winter. I didn't want to get my hands muddy. Come on, anybody else out there like that? There you go. Let me get my hands muddy. So I went to the eaves of the house under the roof. There was a bit of dry soil. It was just soil. It looked dead to me. There's nothing growing in it. It wasn't muddy. It was cold. But it was soil, right? It was grit. It had whatever soil's made up of it in it. So I picked it up and I put this little pot with some soil and I put the succulent in. And I watered it once and I left it. And I came back a couple weeks later, and I looked at it, and I was thrilled to see that the succulent was growing. But this is where the surprise got to me. There was all these other plants growing in the pot. And I said to Anna, I only planted a succulent. Where is all these plants coming from? All these little green shoots, I don't know what they were, but I didn't want them there. I didn't put them there. So I went and I started to pluck them out, and I heard That voice, you know when God starts to whisper, don't you? I heard that whisper. He said, Ryan, think about this for a minute. So I didn't pluck them out immediately, and I had a little bit of a think about it. And I realized that in our lives, our hearts are soil. And so often with the things that we go through, we find things growing in our lives that we think, I never put that there. How did that get there? Often in our lives, we find things starting to to grow that we didn't actually want there either. And if we were to be honest before God, and if we were to be honest before family and friends, that they saw those things growing in the soil of our hearts. You know I'm talking and uh, with an imagery here, don't you? You guys have got this. They would say, what is that? That's going to become a thorn bush, or that's going to become a weed. That's not something that you actually planted there. Where did that come from? And I realized that the soil of our lives actually comes from a number of places. The first place that the soil of our life comes from is from family inheritance. Here I am with my heart. And, you know, we, we God's called us to be responsible for our hearts. It's the one thing that he is, the most important thing that he says, you are responsible for the state of your heart. We have received soil in our lives from family inheritance. You see, the Bible would call it these things. The Bible would call it generational, and I'm going to say this word first because I think God is turning around soils, generational blessings. But there's also generational curses. There's things that grow up in our lives that we never put there, but it was put in there by our generation before us. Did you hear the word from Patricia, the three, those two lots of trilogies? The first one was God wants to set generations free. God wants to set families free. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the third one right now, but it was good. Pardon? Replacing. There we go. Restoring, renewing, and replacing. So there, 
there is a soil in our lives. There are seeds hidden waiting for the right environment to germinate. What, what made that pot on my windowsill begin to suddenly germinate? When I was outside trying to get my hands, keep my hands clean, there was no plants growing under, in that soil. But why was it that when I brought it inside, stuff started to grow? It's because there was the right influence, the right uh, triggers that awoken the seed in the soil. Those triggers were light and warmth, water and heat. Those things triggered the seeds that had been hidden in the soil. And as we go through this year, I believe God wants to work at the soil of our lives. There are situations that we go through that will begin to trigger things. And sometimes, have you ever been in this moment? And I'll give you an example. I said, I'll be honest with you. Let's get real. I'll get really close. Get really real. You see, I can see you now. No lights in my eyes. You're normally a really calm person. You're a peaceful person. People say, oh, it's nice being around you. You're so calm and peaceful. And then you get in the car and you drive. And you're normally quite calm and peaceful. I saw your shoulders laugh. I know who you guys are. Someone cuts you up. And then out of nowhere, this monster arises within you. You see, there's soil in our lives, and we think that everything is fine. There's seeds in our lives, that we think everything is fine. And then certain environments trigger things to start to germinate, things to start to grow. I want you to know that God is working on the soil of our lives, that the things He is planting is just going to be for generational blessing. He wants to remove those things that maybe the enemy has planted. Generational sins, he wants to work at that this year. Generational curses, he wants to work at that this year. Some uh, people have this debate, you know, is it nature, is it nurture? I believe that this is the very nature. He wants to work at the very nature of the soil in our hearts. So soil comes from family inheritance. Soil also comes from environmental inheritance influence and I've mentioned some of those things those those triggers but there's climate around us there's culture around us there's things that we've inherited but then there's the people that we hang out with it's the it's the it's the things that we learn from the environments that we put ourselves in and we start to act and we start to get seeded we are seeded we are we are receiving seed and our soil is being impacted by the environments that we're in there's a third one that affects the soil of our hearts, and that's personal experiences. Things that happen directly to us that make us draw conclusions. Sometimes those conclusions are really, really good conclusions. Sometimes, however, those conclusions are negative conclusions. And these things shape the very environment of the soil of our hearts. And every one of us is responsible for the soil of our lives. And if we are going to, this is going to be a year where God wants to set us free from cycles. He wants to set us free. I want just to talk a little bit from Matthew 13, some of the cycles that are there in that story that I believe God wants to set you free. Now listen, some of these things you guys are going to be like, yep, that's me. Lord Jesus, work on that. There might be some of those things that you think, well, you know, I'm not sure if anything exactly resonated with me, but here's the truth. God wants to change your heart. God has got a new heart and a new spirit for you for the new year. You know, we, I jokingly titled this message, New Year, New You, question mark. 
How many times do we go through all of that? New year, you, new you. New year, new you. The reason we can even have that kind of thing is because what God's going to give us is he wants to give us a new heart. We want to come to him this morning as a start of a year and say, Lord, these are the, the, very, very, the very, very basic thing. This is the very, very first place where we start. You know, one of the things that God also has been speaking to us is that chains are broken by one weakest link. Sometimes we can have areas in our lives that are chained, that are under bondage, that we know needs to change. And we think we have to go to the Lord, go through ministry, go through the word, go through teaching until every single link in that cycle is removed. And then we can run forward. But no, one link is all it takes for a chain to fall off. You then have to make a choice, even like you responded this morning, that I am going to step out. Of that I'm gonna leave it behind I'm gonna walk away that chain is broken and here's the thing the very first link in that chain is is the state of our hearts see it also works the other way and I want to say this hear my heart it also works the other way chains weren't just invented for bondage chains were invented because some things need to get held together some things need to be attached to each other some things were made to be connected we live in the black country. I'm getting used to that whole phrase, and our flag is this, this chain, right? And when I first started seeing that chain, I was like, I ain't having no chains on me, Lord Jesus. But I understand that chains are also here to connect things. Now, here's the thing. What we can tend to do with a new year is we say, God... There's parts of my life I need to work on. I need to get stronger and we can hit the gym or we can hit the dieting or we can, we can hit the healthy eating or we can hit that self-help book or we're going to read that chapter and we want to make ourselves stronger. And that's really, really good. But when you're connected in a community, guess where the weakness comes from? You could be the strongest person in that community, but there's one weak person over there and the whole thing is going to fall apart because of the one weak person. What God is saying with our chains is let us be honest with our weakness and let us also not be selfish. We need to go and find the people who need to be built up. We need to go and find the people who need to be encouraged, who need to be strengthened because our strength actually is only as strong as the weakest link. And there might be things that you go through. Don't be slow in coming forward and saying, I need help. I've mentioned life groups. That's such a safe place as you get to know the leaders. There might be things that you think, I'm finding myself in a weakness right now. You do not need to be ashamed of your weaknesses anymore. I'm going to say that again. Let it come over you. Let it come over you watching on the stream. You do not need to be ashamed of your weaknesses Come on, church. You do not need to be ashamed of your weaknesses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge myself this year to talk about my weaknesses a little bit. Because I might feel like a fool, but if my foolishness results in your freedom, then I'll take it. Come on, church. We don't need to be afraid of our weaknesses because shame is removed. Don't be afraid of it. Bring it to people. Say, I need help in this area. I know I hear the voice of God. So, Ryan, you've just told me that you hear the voice of the Lord. Surely the Lord will tell you in a dream at night that I'm weak. I got good news for you. He talks to me about me. 
you guys are free to be you. I don't wake up in the morning and I, I have a list of everything that everyone in the church needs help with and needs prayer with. God talks to me about me. Of course we have discernment. Of course he speaks to us. What I'm, point I'm trying to make, come and talk to us. Don't be ashamed of your weakness. And the other point is this. The first link what God wants us to work on in the first day of 2023 is a link of our hearts. So what are some of the cycles? We all have new cycles. And the first one here is what I'm going to call a road heart. Say road heart. Our hearts can be like a road that can be worn hard by traffic. God wants us to break the cycle of busyness. Sometimes there's things that we need to stop doing. Sometimes we need to create spaces where we're not just mindlessly running over what God wants to speak to us in our hearts and compacting down the very soil of our hearts to the place where it's hard. One of the things I've put here for me, stop scrolling. <laughs> oh, I love hearing you laugh. It means that God's saying the same thing to you, isn't he? <laughs> Some of the cycles of busyness. You see, we can get so busy. We can get so into routine. Come home from work. Put the shoes off. In my house, I put the slippers on. You can do whatever you want. And we sit down and, you know, just five minutes on the gram. Or the Facebook. And I've, to, I've been told by the younger generation, it's Snapchat or, I don't know, TikTok, whatever. And we scroll, you know. And our hearts, God is there wanting to talk to us about what we've been through. What are we processing? Remember, environmental influence, the soil of our hearts, family, family inheritance, environmental influence, and personal uh, experience. Thank you, personal experience. And we could have experienced something that day, and we're just shutting down, and we're scrolling, and we're actually creating a road, which is a routine, that, a path that we walk many, many times, and our hearts are getting compacted, are getting hardened in the busyness. God wants us to break some of these things. It's very interesting. So he wants us to start as well, to start a rhythm and a routine of rest. Give us a rhythm and a routine of rest. What does Jesus say? Come away with me, all who are weary, all who are heavy burdened, and I will show you rest. Lord, even at the start of a year, I need that rest. I want my year to be from rest, not to rest. That's something that I'm working on. I told I said I'd be honest with you. I, I, can, I can feel sometimes that I can't rest until I've done all my tick list, until I've done all my chores. You know, I'm an adult and I still have chores. <laughs> I give myself chores. That's the biggest problem. But anyway, oh, when, when I've you know, planted that succulent, done the dishwasher, took the bins out, then I'm going to sit down and just rest. You know? and, and, and we've been talking about me. <laughs> God wants me to work from rest not work to rest. There's new cycles, you know, and some of these things, it's interesting, isn't it, that none of this stuff is actually sin. It's just cycles. God said the perennial plants, they were okay, but there's a new season where I'm planting oaks. Do I have any oaks of righteousness in this place today? Listen, oaks can be a lady term too. You can be a lady oak. <laughs> Lord is... Start a new cycle. And the interesting thing is we start a new rhythms of rest and growth. But it was this was the place where the birds of the air came and they snatched the seeds. And he, God, Jesus says that it's the enemy comes and he snatches and he steals what was planted. Let me tell you, 
There are things that God wants to plant in your heart every single day. And when we don't have a rhythm, a routine of rest, demons can come and snatch the very thing that God wants to plant. I've got a word for you right now. You ready? We know that we are in a battle. We know that we're in a spiritual battle. We know that the enemy wants to take away fruitfulness and harvest. And we talk about that a lot, don't we? Let me tell you, the, most, the biggest thing the enemy wants to steal from us is not our fruitfulness or our harvest. It's our seed. Think about that for a minute. If the enemy can take away your seed, he can take away your future. If the enemy can take away your seed, he can take away your destiny. If the enemy can take away the seed, he can take away the very thing that God wants to plant in our hearts. And so often we can be here thinking, but God, I don't have harvest yet. Where's my harvest? Where's my fruitfulness? 2023, I want it to be a great year. And God's saying, stop letting the enemy steal your seed. If he can take your seed, he can stop your future. But we're going to say, Lord, plant your seed in my life. Impregnate me with seed because I'm working on the soil. And here's the thing too. We always want the seed. Do you know what? In this parable, the sower went out to sow and he sowed regardless the state of the heart. What defined the seed taking root was the state of the soil. You are responsible for your heart. Lord Jesus we say no to the enemy stealing because we are going to change cycles where we're going to start to give attention to the important things. And the most important thing in that chain is our hearts. The enemy is not after your fruit or your harvest, but your seed. The battle is not for your fruit or your harvest alone, but it is for your seed. The battle is for your heart. The second one is rocky hearts or rocky soil. This is uneven ground. These are things that need to be removed stones and rocks, you know, things that need to get taken away. But here's why. They need to be removed to prevent shallowness. This year, friends, I want to go so deep with Jesus. This is a year where we're going to go so deep with God. This is a year where He is going to put roots down in our lives, such deep roots. And when they hit a rock, when they hit stony ground, when they hit things that prevent us going deep, we're going to say, Lord, would you come and would you remove it? Here's the thing I want you to notice as well. The very thing that was meant for blessing the sun for a plant was the very thing that caused it to wither. Interesting. Why? Because there was no root. Some of us have been, have been saying in the years gone past, Lord Jesus, where is my harvest? Where is the things that you're going to do for me? Where, where is the things that you've promised me? And God is saying, it's coming, but I need you to pay attention to your, the soil of your heart. Have you, have you ever seen, okay, so in, in France, there's some amazing fruit trees. And have you ever seen a fruit tree that is so laden with fruit that it breaks its own branch. Have you ever seen a fruit tree that isn't pruned correctly, that it breaks its own branch? Not only does it ruin all of the fruit, not just one fruit, all the fruit is gone. It ruins itself and it cannot be fruitful in the future because it wasn't able to take the weight. In the same way, I want you to know God is saying, take care of your heart because I want to pour, I want to shine the sun of my presence upon you. I want to shine the sun of my blessing upon you. But there's things that you're crying out for, but you haven't been able to receive. Because if I was to pour out the fullness right now, the very thing that you're crying out for would actually break you because you don't have the roots yet. 
Who is ready to go deep in Jesus this, this year? Who wants to put your roots down? Lord, remove any stones. Remove the rocky soil. Remove the hard places in our lives. Because I am ready to go so deep with you. I'm ready to have your, my, my roots growing. So there's things that we have to remove. Sometimes that's stones. Sometimes that's offenses, bitterness. Sometimes it's mountains, but really they're molehills. There's things that we face that we think, man, but that's such a big problem. Really, it's just a little molehill, and we've turned it into a mountain. There's things that need to be removed. So sometimes God cannot shine on you until he has plowed you. One of the things that they would do in the ancient times when they took over uh, fields and when they took over land, when they moved into an area, they would throw stones onto fields to ruin the field, to prevent what was growing there at the moment grow well and to prevent future generations of planting seeds in the same soil. And it was a hard work to remove all of the stones before they could plant again. And God, that's, that's a tactic of the enemy in our lives. There's things, remember, environmental, um, personal experiences, and also the climate. There's things that we go through, and the enemy wants nothing more than to create stones that can sit on the soil of your heart that prevent seed being planted. Allow God just to remove things. Allow God to go deep. Allow God to make that change in our lives. There's a beautiful verse. I just want to share it to you because I love the, the poetic nature of it, but as I've been reading about planting and about soil and about seeds, I've had a eureka moment. It's everywhere in the Bible. Have you, have you ever felt like that? When God starts speaking about something and you start reading it like, man, it's there as well. Man, it's there as well. One of the things you might want to do this, I'll just tell you it's something that we've done and it's been so helpful. At the start of a year, God's given us topics themes that he wants us to develop and one of the things I was taught to do and I'm grateful for it was to get a colored highlighter and every time in your bible you encountered that topic you highlight it with that colored highlighter so normally three or four topics and when I last did it I did sound healing and I should remember them all but there's a couple of things and when you when I read through my bible now if it's highlighted with that color I know it's to do with sound if it's highlighted in that color I know it's to do with healing and this is what's happening to me right now with seed and with planting and with growth it's everywhere in the bible but there's a beautiful passage in Ezekiel where he's, he's talking about a nation and using an illustration of a tree that's growing to represent the nation. And he says this, it was planted by the streams and because its roots went deep, it went high. It's Ezekiel 31.4. The deep made it high. Come on, say that over your life. The deep made me high. There's going to be deep things that happen in the soil of our lives that God is going to enable us to go high. And all of the blessing, all of the fruitfulness, all of the goodness He's planned for us, we're going to be able to receive it because we have got roots. The third cycle, the third thing that we can sometimes face is thorny hearts or thorny soil. And this is things where we get choked by worries, we get blinded by wealth, we become unfruitful because of the competition that there is in our heart between God's word and the other things that are trying to grow up there. God wants to remove competition. Like I, you've heard me say many times, Zimbabwe, Africa, where I grew up, if there was thorns in the field, the only way they would clear it, that light of fire. Light of fire, watch it burn, 
thorns reduced to ash, competition removed, seeds go in. Allow the fire of God to purge your heart. Allow the fire of God to remove anything that would be competition and be consumed instead by God's presence. This is a year to break free. We're going to end uh, when we do, and I'm going to read to you a scripture from Jeremiah. It, it echoes Psalm 1, but like I said, it's everywhere in the Bible. And it says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the, in the Lord, for he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. In that one blessing, everything, every single cycle in Jesus' parable in Matthew 13 is broken. There's the blessing of roots that go deep by water. There's the blessing that you will not fear when he comes, that you will not be anxious. There's the blessing of fruitfulness. There's a blessing of green leaves. And there's the blessing of harvest. So we say, Lord, we ask you for the soil. But I've got really good news for you. I know I'm mentioning the cycles because I want you to be aware of what's going to happen in the future. But we can be in a place where we think, Ryan, I've got so much work to do. Right, I've got so much work to do in my heart. How am I going to start unpicking these things? How am I going to start uh, removing generational curses? How am I going to start changing my environment? How are you going to start changing my heart, Lord Jesus? And I wanted to remind you what he told me. He said, ask me for the soil. And this is what he says. This is God's promise to you. I will give you a new heart. Just enjoy that for a minute. Here is the beauty of the Christian life. Our heart is the most important thing. It, out of it flows the issues of life. It is the seed of our emotions. It's the place where God wants to plant his seed. And we're responsible for it. But in all of our failings, in all of our errors, in all of our mistakes, God says, ask me and I will give you a new heart. What's more, I will remove from you the heart of stone. And I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit upon you. Lord Jesus, as we start a new year, that is our desire. That is our, our cry, that you would give us a new heart. I thank you, Lord Jesus, through your grace and your mercy that we get to receive a new heart that is ready for a new year. Well, as I said jokingly at the start, new year, new you. No, new year, new heart. Lord, we want that. It's time for the new. It's not a New Year's resolution, but it's a new revolution. It's a new heart. See, Christmas is, Christmas is a time that can be so full of new things. I'm enjoying my new clothes. You guys look good too. You, you smell good. I said that on Christmas Day. Maybe you're getting a bit used to the fragrance now. I can still smell it. It smells good. New shoes. Some of you, new cars. I mean, there's, there's some people that don't think it was a Christmas present, but I know new houses. There are new things that are, that are happening. And here's the thing about Christmas. We can put all this new stuff on, and it makes me feel good. It makes, I think, it makes me look good. You know, and we love the new. It's shiny. It's fresh. But the one thing all the new stuff will never do is make you new on the inside. And that's what the season we've been through is about. There is only one who can make you new on the inside. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he wants to come and give you a new heart. You could be feeling even this morning that your heart has been in 
tiring places, that your heart has been through difficult places, that your heart could be weary. I want you to know God wants to give you. It's his promise. It's his word in Ezekiel 36. I will give you a new heart. Not even the preaching of preachers, but Jesus, God himself, Jesus himself, the Father himself, he wants to give you a new heart. And let me just talk to you a little bit about this new. It is totally new. We had a big birthday. My son turned 13 a couple weeks ago. We decided, what could we do to celebrate this? We're going to go go-karting. It was fun. They made you put on these overalls. Uh, balaclavas. I thought we were a bunch of robbers. Everyone was running with balaclavas so we could put the helmets on and gloves. And, you know, they took us through the safety and we were getting excited. These machines can go fast, you know. And it was Ben, so there's a whole bunch of young, young, young kids, young studs, you know, finally allowed to get in the car and drive. You know, they can't wait until they're 16 to drive it for real, but at 13 you can do it on the race course. And um, there was a couple of, uh, Bethany, our daughter, she did it as well. She was great. And Anna, my wife, she said, Ryan, I want to race this time. So we signed them up and, you know, we, we, it's, they do it really well. If you guys, anyone enjoy like Formula One racing and they, they track your laps, they print out a graph, they do like a, a pole, uh, first, second, third place. And, you know, us guys. That was the most important thing, you know, at the end of the race. I mean, Ben's birthday was great, but I want to know where I came. <laughs> ben, your birthday was great. I don't know if Ben's here. There he is. Your birthday was great, Ben. Thank you so much for giving me the experience. Uh, so we're racing, and there's a lot, there's a lot of Baker Barneses on the, on the, on the um, track list. You know, there's A Baker Barnes, R Baker Barnes. B Baker Bonds 1, B Baker Bonds 2, and Lissy, we finally, Alicia, we finally decided, let's not call our third child B as well, because three BBBs is very difficult to know who is who, especially on the go-karting course. So, you know, we, we raced our hardest, we, we did our fastest laps, we got out, and there was a, a group of participators, and I got out of my car, and they started booing at me. I'm like, oh my God, and they were cheering at Anna. And they were cheering at Luke. Oh, this can't be good. What's happened? So, you know, you peer your head around, you look at the scoreboard. Luke Ceritelli, number one. Yes, Anna Baker Barnes, number two. I mean, I know my wife's incredible, but I've been in the car when she's driven. I know my wife's incredible, but like, she came second? What? Bethany Baker Barnes, third. Benjamin Baker Barnes, fourth. I mean, this is like, wow, Ben, I'm glad you had a good party, but where am I on this board? Finally, there's no me on the board. I don't exist. So I go up to the, the hatch, and I'm like, mate, what's going on? <laughs> he's like, sorry, there were so many Barneses, we got confused. You're driver 13. I'm like, that's not a lucky number. I mean, come on, driver 13. Anyway, go back and look at the board. Guess where driver 13 is? Last place. So, so I needed ministry. Old cycles of competition and competitive nature, they're starting to change. 
So, you know, we, we get then given then a printout sheet of, of all of our laps and you know, we're complimenting and I'm not really, I'm just wounded. But everyone's complimenting and saying, oh, look at your fastest lap. That was great. Well done. How many times did you overtake you? And I'm thinking, actually, Anna, I'm sure I overtook you every lap. <laughs> What's going on here? Everyone did. And then, you know, there's this graph and it maps out your speed as your laps go by. I, I like this kind of detail. Sorry if it bores you. Okay, but graphs and detail. And you can see that was your fastest lap. And then there was a slow lap because the orange lights went on. It was, it was as exciting as if a safety car had gone out in front, you know. Anyway, there's a slow lap and then the safety car was removed. You could go fast again, you know, and, and the laps were like this. And driver 13's lap... Driver 13's graph was flatlined. <laughs> now, you know they say flatlined if you're dead in a hospital, right? Flatlined. Like, basically, driver 13 was just dead on the road. <laughs> Roadie hearts, rocky hearts, I don't know. And I was, just, I was saying, man, this doesn't feel like my lap. I was going fast. I was going slow. This is more like just a nice, gentle speed the whole way through the course. And the second place... Winner says, that's kind of like how I was driving. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the cogs start to turn. And we realize that they got our car numbers wrong. But, but, <laughs> but, I told you, God's working on me. Rocky places. But here's, there is a point in this. Okay, are you ready? Here's the point. Anna is a very safe person. I want to say when I am in the car with her driving, as I said before, that was actually a good point. Masked as humor. She's the safest driver to be with. Anyway, here's the point. God's new heart. He wants to, as it is, he wants to take the journey that you've been on. Every corner that you've taken, every car that you've bumped into in front of you, every driver you've cut up, every accident you've had, he takes that and he says, that was my lap. That was my race. That was me. I want you to have the race I ran. I want you to have the race I ran when I was on earth. When I was on earth... I didn't sin. When I was on earth, I did my father's will. When I was on earth, I lived a perfect life. And I could be a sacrifice on a cross and die for you so that now you can stand and every one of you can be Anna Baker Barnes's on the go-kart. Every one of you can have first place. Sorry, Luke, first place. Every one of you wins. And this is the kind of new that I'm talking about. It doesn't matter the accidents you've happened. It doesn't matter the state your heart's been in. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong. God says, take my lap. God says, take my place. God says, take my heart. My heart for you is a good heart. My heart for you is a kind heart. My heart for you is a heart of love. And I want you to take it because in this soil that I give you, I'm going to start to plant seeds in your life that break cycles. I'm going to start to plant seeds in your life. You think that you've been, some of you have been through the hardest things that you could have ever gone through in your entire life. 
They're the types of things that you never would have thought would have even happened to you. They're the types of things you, your enemies have gone through. We don't have enemies as Christians, but you know what I'm saying. People have gone through and you thought, oh man, even for you, my heart breaks for what you've been through. And you've gone through months recently that you've walked through the same thing. You've gone through times when you thought, Lord, how could you ever put this heart back together again? How could you ever piece back together these pieces? I've got good news to you, for you. He's going to take it away. He's going to remove a heart of stone, a heart that can be cracked, a heart that can be broken. And he wants to give you a heart of flesh. He wants to give you a new heart. Give God praise. That's what he does. We say thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. And I want to end with this. You thought that was the end. (laughs) It's time to be renewed. God wants to give us his righteousness. God wants to give us his goodness. God wants, he's got such good stuff for us. And it's going to grow in a new heart that he's giving us. When we were in Zimbabwe a couple weeks ago, we went down to this valley called Hondi Valley. And as you drive down, the rain had pretty much eroded most of the roads. It took us hours to get there. What an adventure. But you see that the soil is blood red. The soil in this place is deep, rich red. And let me tell you, everything grows there. Anything grows there. If you want to plant a vegetable, stick it in that ground. Leave it and it'll grow. The biggest, best it's ever been. Let me just read you a list of things that we saw just driving through. Coffee. Coffee was, they have coffee plantations. Tea. Bananas. Maize. Sesame seeds. Sunflowers. Yams. Papayas. Mangoes. Lychees. Do you guys like lychees? They look like crocodile skin on the outside, but they taste sweet and juicy on the inside. It's kind of like my life. (laughs) Anyway. Pineapples, passion fruits, avocados. Every morning, I love an avocado for, for breakfast. Every morning, any avocado I want, big ones, perfectly ripe, they've just fallen off the trees. Why? Because the soil is so rich, this red soil. Anything grows from vegetables all the way up to mahogany trees, teak trees, these huge um, forest trees, absolutely amazing. And as I'm looking at this, I just hear God saying, Ryan, Allow the blood of Jesus to pour on the soil of your heart and it will become the most fruitful place that you could need it to be this year. You might feel like it's a valley, but when you say, Lord, I need a new heart, give me a new heart. But now, Lord, wash me with your blood. When I look across at you, church, tell you what I see. I see red soil hearts. I don't want to see rocky soils. I don't want to see thorny grounds. I don't want to see birds, demons coming, trying to pick away the seed. But I see lives soaked in the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you want that? I was going to say, who wants a new heart? But I have a feeling every single one of you want a new heart this morning. Every single one of you say, Lord, I need a new heart for a new year. Lord, I need new soil for the new seed. Lord, I need new blessing for the new cycles that you're going to start to take us into this year, Lord. And I thank you that you can set this up when we allow your blood to wash over us. Let me just read this to you. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You will be careful to observe my ordinances and you will live in the land that I give you. You will be my people. I will be your God. Moreover, I will save you from your uncleanness. I will 
Call for the grain and multiply it. I will not bring a famine on you. I will multiply the fruit of the tree and I will produce and the produce of the field so that you will not again receive the disgrace of famine upon you. Lord, you're removing shame. You're removing disgrace. You're giving us fruitfulness. You're removing sin. You're removing uncleanness from us. It continues in verse 33. On that day, I will cleanse you. Just invite him. Say, Lord, cleanse me. We're not going into a new year dirty. We're not going into a new year trying to patch up things that are broken, trying to patch up things that are old. We're going into a new year with a new heart. We're going into a new year with a new soil. On that day, this is the day. Say that. Say, this is the day. Right now, this is the day, Lord Jesus. This is the day that you have cleansed me from my iniquities that you've caused cities to be inhabited and waste places to be rebuilt. Father, let this be a year where we see that. Waste places rebuilt, Lord Jesus. Desolate places becoming an inheritance again. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of being a desolation in the sight of everyone who passes by. They will say, this desolation has become like the Garden of Eden. The waste and the desolate ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. Rebuild the ruined places and planted. God has rebuilt the ruined places and He has planted that which is desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken this. I, the Lord, will do this. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Do this. Do this in our lives. And I think all I want us to do is just to surrender. For me, that's raising my hand. That's saying, God, I surrender. That which was old, that which was spent, that which needs renewing, that which is weary, this heart of mine, Lord Jesus, I surrender it now. And I'm asking for a divine exchange. My terrible lapse for your perfect racing. My life where I've struggled and made mistakes for your perfect joy and peace. Just get that exchange right now. My life where I've been through difficult situations, where I've had to endure, where the enemy has thrown at me, the best it seemed you had to throw at me. And now I I get to take this heart, broken as it is, and I give it to you. I surrender it to you. Just say, here's my heart, God. Here's my heart, Lord. And I pray that you would pour out. You know, this is a special moment. There might even be a few people here this morning who you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. That's something that we say as Christians. What we mean is that we believe in Jesus and we surrender. We don't, we want to stop living life our way. And we say, Jesus, I want to come to the cross, the place where the blood flowed down to wash me. And I want to receive that. But I know to receive it, I have to fully surrender. There might be those, like I've said, I've said a number of times that you just... You need a new heart. First off, I want you to put your hand up. If you're saying to me, Jesus, I believe in you today. I want to give you my heart for the first time. Just put that up. I need a new heart. I've gone through some stuff. I need God to change it. Just lift it up right now. That's it. That's it. And if you're saying, Lord, for this new year, I need new soil. I need fresh soil. Just lift it up. Lift it up. And now, God, I thank you. I release the blood of Jesus. I release the precious blood of Jesus. I say over you, you are cleansed. 
I say over you, this is going to be the easiest year to break cycles. I say over you, this is not a year of resolution. It's a year of revolution. Lord, give us your heart. I'm going to say a couple of words. I just want you to repeat it over me as you pray. Is that good? Say, give me a new heart. Put your spirit in me. Plant me by the river. Help my roots go deep. I will not fear. May my life be green. I will not be anxious. May my light be fruitful. Amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.